Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to a special Tuesday night edition of We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, along with Big Mo, former Milwaukee Bucks center Paul Mokeski. Hope everybody's having a great day. And Mo, it's just boring around here, man. Nothing is going on whatsoever. <laughs> no, yeah, no Stanley Cup finals, no NBA yeah. finals, yeah, no, no, no bedlam in the golf world that's going berserk all world. <laughs> hey, but I, I can't wait to talk about the finals because before the game yesterday, I remember you posting, watch Miami tonight. And, and I was thinking, which is why you're Big Mo and I'm just Rick. Uh, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought Miami's best shot was going to be game one, and they got beat easily. But they rallied to win game two. And we're going to get to that. But, 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 Mo, before we get to that, we got to spend a couple of minutes talking about what happened in the world of golf today. And as a performer, professional athlete, uh, you understand the business size, side of high-level sports like the uh, PGA Tour. And almost everybody out there now knows the PGA Tour has merged with the Live Tour after going back and forth the last year saying this was never going to happen. In fact, Mo, let me play this for you in the New York Post yesterday by Brian Wacker about a 9-11 coalition of families and survivors of the 2001 terrorist attacks. 9-11 um, families united. And, and let me set this up, too. This is uh, PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan talking to uh, Jim Nance uh, regarding the situation with Lid. This was one just about a year ago. A letter to the representatives of Phil, Dustin, Bryson, Reed, and others, quote, expressing their outrage towards the golfers for participating in the new league and accusing them of sports washing and betraying the United States, end quote. And that's gotten a lot of steam over the last 24 hours. That story first reported again in the New York Post. How much did you talk to your players about the possible ramifications if they sign on with the new league? Well, I talked to players. I've talked at a player meeting, and I've and I've talked to a number of players uh, individually uh, for a long period of time. And I think you'd have to be living under a rock to not know that there are significant implications. And as it relates to the families of 9/11, uh, I have two families that are close to me that lost loved ones, and so my heart goes out to them. And I would ask, you know, any player that has left or any player that would ever consider leaving, have you ever had to apologize for being a member of the PGA Tour? <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, man. That, that's why today I heard one of, you know, hey, I'm going to take the criticism. And I know people are calling me a hypocrite because you are. Because you are a hypocrite. They're not calling you a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. I mean, but, you know, like in most, in all businesses, most businesses and in the world and in the sports world, money trumps everything. So I don't know what the specifics are. I don't know why the PGA would 
would join with the live turtle that uh, evidently is losing millions and millions of dollars and probably might just be able to survive one more year why would you fold at this point unless you're getting something huge which what man huge means money <laughs> no i mean i i don't know how it's gonna be interesting to, to see if jay monahan continues to uh uh, if it survives this as the commissioner of the PGA Tour, because at the players' meeting uh, with the commissioner today, some of them were calling for their job. But here, here's what they were really pissed about: they didn't, they weren't told anything. Now, this would not happen to you as a NBA player because you would have been part of the NBA Players Association. But nonetheless, which is a union, an official union. union, yes. But do you understand why these guys on tour are pissed off? Some of them who left tens of millions of dollars on the table to try to stay loyal to the uh, PGA Tour to see Monahan go back and cut this deal. With that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know. It's a different situation than the NFL and the NBA and the Major League Baseball because all those player unions, all those player associations are are unions. They're official. Uh, they abide by the, the union rules of America. You know, so that that's different. But you know, if you want to survive as a league, you know, you need to uh, you know communicate. And that was his big thing, right? We I like to communicate with my players. And you know what? If I was a player and I left. Tens of millions, hundreds of millions, hundreds of millions of dollars. Justin, uh, uh, Justin Johnson. Uh, Tom, Justin Thomas. Yeah, yeah, Justin. No, Dustin Johnson, right? Dustin, Dustin Johnson took a hundred million. Yeah, and and, and Justin Thomas could have uh, JT could have could have made a hundred million, but he yeah, stayed. But just, Justin Thomas took a hundred million. And then made thirty million on top yeah, of that. I'm, I'm sorry, we're both wrong. Dustin Johnson. Dustin. Yeah, Johnson. Dustin Johnson. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, you know, if I'm one of the players in the PGA that stuck with you because we're united, man, we're we're together. I got your back. And uh, so, you know, my question is: So, remember when you said how families you were close to were affected, and you know, you almost had a tear in your eye, and so those people don't matter anymore. A year later, they don't matter. Their lives don't matter. Your family, your close family friends don't matter. Could you, or did you just lie at the time? I mean, I don't know how he can survive this uh, because, quite frankly, he, you know, the, the other players that left have made hundreds of millions, tens of millions of dollars guaranteed, and now they're welcomed back with open arms like nothing happened. While the people, while the players that stuck by you had your back lost out on tens of millions of hundreds of millions of dollars and they're just supposed to smile and say hey everything's good everybody hug up now that's not going to happen it's going to be tough because mo if, 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 if jt justin if he wins five tournaments this summer he still doesn't get that hundred million nope that's gone that's already you know you already got that in they are those players already got the bank now they can come back like nothing happened I mean, you can't tell me that there's not going to be uh, uh, friendships. Friendships were broken already. 
and now you're going to try to mend them or, you know, the Ryder Cup team is going to be united? No, they're not. They're not because it's always going to be, hey, you were one of those guys, you know, almost like a scab, right? You were one of those guys that left. Now, you know, take, you know, I can't say that I, if I was a player that, that was good and, you know, I could make 150 mil plus another 50 mil, you know, I don't know if I would be able to turn that down, but, you know, I would never think that I could come back to the same organization I left and everything would be great. I mean, that makes no sense at all. Yeah, and, and welcome everybody. Uh, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we're already getting comments. Uh, Steve Schroeder says it's blood money. Uh, PGA Tour for Brian Sh uh, Shapiro, bunch of hypocrites. Uh, Steve, uh, they offered Tiger, uh, yeah, around 800 million. Uh, and as much money as Tiger got, you're not going to get that 800 million. Yeah, I mean, come on, man. That's, that's almost a billion dollars. Are you kidding me? <laughs> And, and, but Paul, and, and this is why, you know, we were talking before we came on the air. I, I have so much respect for uh, professional athletes and the job you guys would do because, you know, covering every day, understood the business aspect of it. Whereas, you know, I think the everyday fan wants you to come to every mini camp, every training camp, don't miss a practice, don't hold out. But this is why players fight for every penny uh, that you earn, right? Yeah, it's a it's a business. It's your livelihood. So, but there's two two sides to that. Like, um, you know, I'm going to fight for you know with my union to get fair wages, and then I'm going to fight for my own contract and become a free agent that I earn that contract because someone's going to offer me that money, and then I'm going to honor my contract. There are other players, you know, not to name names, Carl Malone, uh, you know, that they negotiated, they did, they would sign five-year deals and negotiate every second year. And that's not, if you sign something, you should honor that uh, on, on both ways. Um, you know, so, you know, there, there's both ends, but, you know, people, this is people's livelihood. And, you know, you look at, uh, uh, you know, the LeBrons and, the, and all those players, you know, and come on, Curry's. They make 30 to 50 million a year. But guess what? Most of the league is not making that. Most of the league, you got guys making the million, two million, five million, nice money, good money after taxes, cut it in half. Uh, but it's good money, but you don't know how long you're going to make that. Maybe three years, maybe one year. So you got to go get a job, you know? So, uh, you know, you need, you know, and that's where I think the NBA uh, league, and players association have been tied together because of their collective bargaining years and years ago where they split the profits 50 50 and they all agreed upon that so you win i win and uh, i think that's why there's not been any lockout in so many years and that's why the whole thing is prospering because of that agreement and uh, uh you know and they communicate and uh you know you know they, they do things the right way I mean, the NBA is a multi-billion-dollar company, so you know. I, I know this is early on, Mo. It just happened, and, and you know, your expertise is the National Basketball Association. But again, you are a performer, former professional athlete. How do you think these guys, who were really jilted and screwed over by the PGA Tour, I mean, they just suck it up. 
Well, they're going to have to, but that doesn't mean they're going to like it. That doesn't mean that everything is back to normal. I mean, they're, if they want to make a living, there's no other place to go, right? There's a PGA Tour, right? Right. So now... To make you know, that kind of money, right. Yeah, to make... Well, yeah, I mean, you, you want to play in a league where you can make the most money, right? No matter what you do. Or work for a company where you can make the most money for your family, for your legacy, for your kids, for everything. So, you know, they're going to have to suck it up and play. They're not going to be happy about it. Uh, you know, and there's going to be conflicts, watch, on the golf course, you know, that, uh, you know, people are going to be pissed off at each other and look at each other sideways, you know, and, uh, you know, that's just the way it is. But, you know, this is different because I talked, you know, looking at, you know, the ABA merged with the NBA back in the day, right? The ABA was failing, but they did have Dr. J's and guys like that. So they merged, but the NBA only took about half the teams of the NBA, and then the other ones just kind of went away. But it created one more, one solid uh, entity. The AFL combined with the NFL and become today's NFL, and that became stronger too. Uh, but uh, this is different because you know, uh, in in these leagues, teams. You're, if you play in the NBA or the ABA or Major League Baseball or hockey, NHL, you're an employee of your team. You're an employee of your team, your company. But in the PGA, you're an independent contractor. So you don't have, you're not an employee, you're an independent contractor. So that's, that's a different merger you're talking about now. You're not talking about uh, the uh, 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 Live League and the PGA. And, you know, and they're all coming, you know, all the teams are coming together and making one big unit. That's what the commissioner is trying to sell. He's trying to sell that today. It's better for the for the game and 10 years from now. It's different. It's different because you're not teams coming together. You're a league. You're two leagues come together with independent contractors on the side. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And I, I, I really want to get your, uh, your thoughts on that and uh, – Chris Ramsey, golfers are more serious. No time for happy Gilmore. Tim Conway, dwarf goes golfing. You have to see the human. And and Mo, he says you're right about the uh, money. Uh, Steve, uh, look at the the new NFL package. You got to pay four hundred dollars see NFL game. I think that I think that is if you want to get the uh, all the NFL games on. Uh, I think they moved the NFL package to YouTube, and yeah, they did go up on the price where you can see uh, every uh, NFL game. And and well, these you know these things aren't going back because uh, it's it's too it's just too much uh, uh, money out there. Hey, it's it's called supply and demand. Four hundred dollars is a lot of money, but if you pay it, that's all they can. And you're going to prove that that's the right price. When you pay it, yeah. And the owners of the St. Louis Spirits got to deal with the uh, NBA merger. Oh, yeah, that was uh, Ozzy and Daniel Silna, uh, and they made uh, about $500 million or so. That was that was the best business deal made by anybody in the whole world. Yeah. They, all the, they got paid not to play and not to spend money every year in perpetuity. However... Before David Stern stepped away and passed away, 
he paid that off finally at the end. Yeah, he but finally. Yeah, there was three teams like that, I think. But yeah, yeah, they uh, they paid him off in uh, 2016. Yep. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when, when but that was after. The, yeah, but you got to realize, like in uh, oh, 75, I think. I mean, 85, 1985. I was at a player's trip. Uh, hell yeah, I am. <laughs> well, let's go. Um, I'm in Vegas, baby. Uh, so I remember at the Players Association, we signed a deal uh, to get some percentage of the uh, marketing money for the league that at that point was, I think, $25. That's what that was at that point. Well, it's about $2 billion now. <laughs> Hey, that is uh, unreal, man. Hey, hey, let's get to the uh, association. Wait, wait, one more thing on golf. One of the biggest announcements that you don't even know about, I'm going to break it here on our show. Uh, Coach Mo played golf this weekend. Whoa. For the first time in eight years. I played in a, in a scramble tournament, a charity scramble tournament. I didn't, didn't hit all my shots, uh, but I hit about half of them, so... That's uh that's a breaking news right there. Good to hear, good to hear, Mo. Good to I'll be hear. ready for you when you come out, Ricky. Yes, sir. You know I'm gonna need a couple of strokes here, there. Oh no, 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 no. I'm, yeah, I'm 66 years old, but my golf swing is about 100 because it's only <laughs> arms. I, I'm the guy that hits at 150, and and that's it. <laughs> 150 yards. We'll we'll talk about it, but uh, hey, uh, Miami Heat game two. Everybody thinks they're going to get run over, but lo and behold, the heat emerged in the altitude with a 111-108 victory over the Denver Denver Rockets, Denver Nuggets to to tie the series at 1-1 as they head back to Miami. And my man, Big Mo, called it that day. And I don't know what the hell. when When I read what you said, I'm like, dude, this ain't gonna happen. What, yeah. what did you see, and why well, does gotta, it happen in game one? You gotta look at. See, I thought they could sneak away game one, but uh, both teams played terrible. By the way, uh, 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 Denver played bad too. Denver played game bad one too. or what's that? Game two. Game Which one? game? Game one. Okay. Both teams played horrible. The first half of game one was a joke, hard to watch. It was terrible. They're all missing shots. Miami, you know, but Miami played worse. Miami played as bad as they could play in, in game one, right? And, uh, uh, I mean, they shot 40% from the two, 33 from the three. They shot 100% from the free throw line, but they only shot two free throws the whole game, too. And, uh, and uh, uh, Denver shot 20. So Denver was a plus 18 at the free throw line. So... You know, they ended up only losing by 11, but they played horrible. Butler had 13 points. Uh, Martin had three. Struess had zero. Robinson had three. They were like a combined two for 20. Uh, And uh, 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 Bam had a great game. Vincent played well. Lowry played well. And uh, uh, Love didn't play. So my thinking in game two is, and if I'm a coach and I'm in their locker room, we can't play any worse. We were horrible. We didn't follow the game plan. We couldn't make a shot. We were horrible. 
guess what? We're going to follow the game plan. We're going to add Love to our uh, starting lineup, which was golden. He had 10 rebounds in game two. And guess what, guys? We're going to make those shots. And guess what's going to happen? The pressure is going to flip-flop onto Denver. So, and that's, <clears throat> yeah, I could see that happening because of how bad Miami played in game one. That's what, and by the way, uh, from day one, uh, I have the series as Denver winning in game seven in Denver. That's my call. Uh, Chris Ramson, Nuggets, no defense, gave up a 15-point lead. Uh, and, of course, the Joker had 41. Did, when they were down 15, Mo, did you see, was it any anything that stood out that turned that around for the, uh, for, for the Heat? Boy, they got a great contribution from uh, uh, Duncan Robinson, hit some uh, uh, nice shots for him. Uh, as they start chopping into that lead. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, one thing I noticed, uh, which is mind-boggling, the Miami sloppy zone bothers Denver just as much as it bothered Boston, which is mind-boggling. I mean, you take pick and rolls away. Well, not really if you're executing well, but they didn't. Uh, the other thing that stuck out was um, uh, Miami running the same play over and over again. The little uh, uh, bam catching at the top with the little pin away and curl action. Uh, Denver messed up that twice in a row in a big part and got a layup by uh, uh, Robinson uh, and a, uh, a three uh, by Vincent. So they were messing up, messing up their coverages defensively, and that really stuck out. And, uh, you know, Miami wasn't afraid. They just kept playing hard. Miami was way more physical in game two. Uh, even though Zeller, you know, I don't think he's big enough. I'd rather have him play the turkey kid. Uh, but at least he bangs with the Joker. And, you know, great pass like that, unbelievable. But Joker had 40, 41 points, you know, 12 rebounds, but only four assists, right? So, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. And part of that is... In the zone, he's struggling to make passes, but you know, uh, you know, Miami's not scared. There's no fluke, man. Whoever, whoever thought Miami would get swept is a joke. You don't know basketball. If you think Miami's Miami beat the Bucks, Miami beat the Boston Celtics. They're not going to get swept by Denver. Both those teams are better than Denver. <clears throat> so you know, I see this as a series. I think that Denver wakes up. I think that uh, their coach jumped on them for not playing hard. Denver looked scared in the fourth quarter, didn't they? Denver looked like they hadn't been in the finals before, which they have. Miami looked like a team that's been in the finals, which they have. And, uh, you know, they look scared. But I think that's going to flip-flop in game three tomorrow. And I think Denver is going to get more focused. And uh, I think Denver wins game three. And then Miami wins game four, and let's see what happens in game five. Okay, Steve Schroeder has uh, Denver in six. Uh, and, and and I like this. I did not see this interview, but I like guys who uh, stand by what they do. I don't know if y'all saw the game interview of Stoops, but he was asked if he was worried about missing. He said he was not worried. He would just keep firing it up. And, and that's what shooters do, right, Mo? It, you got here's what I tell players in the G League. 
do what you do. Don't do what you don't do. If you're a shooter, shoot. If you if you can't shoot, attack the rim. If you're a defender, defend. <coughs> do what you do. Don't do what you don't do. And I've told the story a million times. Playing with the Bucks, Brian Winters, one of the best shooters I ever played with from South Carolina. Uh, you know, we played in, in Denver, I think, uh, on a Thursday night or whatever, and he was 0 for 21. And then we go to the Lakers and play the next night, and he was 15 for 21. And the reporter asked him, you know, what when you were 0 for 21, what were you thinking? He said, I was thinking I could make my next 21 in a row. That's what I was thinking. And that's what shooters do. And, you know, Struz played, played a good second, first half, not great second half. And Duncan played a great fourth quarter, not a great three quarters, first, second, third, but they were timely. And they have a coach and their best player, Butler, saying, she keeps shooting. If you're open, keep shooting. That's what you do. But the biggest, the biggest move I thought finally is uh, they put uh, Love into the starting lineup. He was the leading rebounder with ten, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the biggest move. And you know what? He's smart. I think he hit one one three, but you know, you got to honor him at the three point line. So I think that was a big uh, strategic thing. And don't think Denver is going to sit there and say, what was me? They're going to come back with another counter. They're going to figure out how to guard the pickaway stuff and the curls. And they're not going to do that. Uh, oh, okay. That's a great, Chris. When you watch this game two, if you watched it, and if you want to rewatch it, watch how fast Miami plays. Watch how fast they take the ball out. They are speeding up the game. Miami wants to speed up the game. Denver wants to execute and play slower. Not slow, slower. But Miami, when you watch even the first quarter, they were taking the ball out quickly, quickly, quickly. Let's go. And then uh, Kevin Love, how many great outlet passes did he have, did he have off of uh, rebounds? That's huge. Yeah. yeah. This, Steve this, thought it was a great pickup. I know, I know we talked about that. Uh, more veteran guys played championship caliber basketball um and, and he delivered last night after sitting out not seeing any time not he doesn't get pissed off anything that's a pro right yeah yeah but if you look like seven game series right we've talked about this before so the stars usually are gonna do their thing it's the role players that go up and down a lot. So let's look at game one. <clears throat> Denver, uh, um, the Joker had 27, 10, and 14, triple-double. Murray had 16 and 10 assists. Those are the stars, right? Uh, uh, Butler struggled. He only had 13, 7, and 7. Uh, you know, so he struggled. But Bam had 26 and 13. Those are the stars, right, in game number one. But in their role players, uh, Caleb Martin, who was almost MVP of the Boston series, correct? He was almost MVP of the Boston series, had three points and four rebounds. Struess had no points. Robinson had three. And if you look at Denver, Porter Jr. had 14 and 13. Gordon had 16. And uh, Brown had 10. Now let's look at the second game. So uh, the Joker had 41 and 11. Uh, Murray had a tough game, 18, but he had 10 assists. But Porter 
instead of 14 and 13, had five and six. Gordon had 12 and seven instead of 16 and six. And uh, Pope had six. Uh, and uh, uh, Brown had 11. But you look at Miami, Butler had 21, four and nine. That's good. Martin only had three and five bad. Struess had 14. Robinson had 10. Bam had his 21 and 10. And Vincent had 23. The guy, guy had 23. So those are the guys that are going up and down a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And that's uh, Chris, the unknown player. And, 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 and Duncan Robinson only had 10 points, but those were big points. They're, I think they're all in the fourth quarter. Time, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, timely uh, point. Hey, going back a little bit, uh, somebody asked this. Uh, who, who was president of the uh, uh, spokesperson in the 80s? Uh, I, I think he's asking the Players Association in the uh, early 80s. You mentioned uh, before we came on the air, there was one time during your 12-year career where there's some player strife with the, uh, uh, with the league. And you guys almost went on strike. Yeah, that was early on. That was the closest it's been. That, that I mean, that was like forty years ago. But I think Oscar Robertson was the first president of the, the Players Association. Right. Um, and then uh, I think Isaiah Thomas was president for a while. Um, you know, but along with presidents, they also have uh, um, uh, attorneys that represent. The association, so um, you know that that's the key thing is to have an attorney that represents it. But um, and each team has a representative, correct? Each team, each team has a player rep, and they're yeah. supposed to like say there's a vote. We have, we're going to vote if we're going to strike, right? So this is what should this is what's supposed to happen. Every player rep from every team has a vote between their players and their on their team and they report it to the league, I mean to the players association, and then they do the count and they decide whether they want to strike or not. That's how it's supposed to work. But well and that's all the things. Um, you know, whatever comes up, collective bargaining agreement, the same thing. So everybody's communicating, everybody's uh, you know, informed. That was the big thing. Everybody needs to be informed and that's the difference between what the NBA does and what the PGA did. They didn't inform anybody what was going on. They just did it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do you see uh, going into tomorrow's game? I, like I said, I think Denver is going to come more focused. I think they're going to play better. I think they're going to have an answer to the zone. Uh, I think Miami, uh, they're unique, though. A normal team in that situation would relax, take a deep breath, we got one in Denver. Let's relax. We might lose game three. Miami's not built that way, though. They're just not built from the top to the bottom. I think they'll be focused, but, you know, I kind of I, – I just have a feeling Denver wins game three. I don't know why. Um, here's a here's a thing that I think will play big for Miami. I think uh, Bam, Butler, all those guys will be okay. Strews, Strews, Robinson. Let's see what happens with Caleb Martin. There's my focus right there, Caleb Martin. Remember, he was scoring 20, 25 in the Boston series, and now he's scoring five and six. What happened? Yeah. Well, Caleb Martin can go home and get on a roll and become a big factor. He was he was the second-best player in the Boston series next to Butler. It wasn't Bam. 
So yeah. if Caleb steps up and becomes that guy, now they have Bam, Caleb, and Butler. That's a tough combo, but but we'll see. Um, for some reason, I, don't know, I think Denver gets focused. Sometimes teams focus more on the road. They get away from their home. They, you know, they get in the hotel. They, you know, I guess they went to uh, a Green's house today that lives about an hour away. He's got some probably mansion. And they had a great dinner and great bonding. That's what they did uh, yesterday or today. Hey, Steve, what's that? what were your union dues? Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. <laughs> probably a couple hundred bucks, I think. You know, probably five hours. Now, Ken, you could make the you could have made the argument for Martin being the uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals MVP. He played that well in that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I said that. Yeah. It was yeah, cool. Yeah. If, but, if Butler doesn't have a great um, game seven, Caleb gets the MVP of the, the, the East Finals. But he's just where is he? Where is he? Three and five, four and two. What? Where happened to him? Where did he go? And there is some uh, other NBA news. Uh, or rumors or speculation. Uh, no, not in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> regarding uh, uh, Kyrie Irving and his future with the uh, Mavericks. Uh, you know, there's talk of him wanting to join LeBron James in L.A. There's talk of uh, of, of of LeBron going to Dallas. There was talk of uh, Dallas trading him. You're in that front office, uh, Mo. What do you do with Irvin? Because, number one, you don't think he and uh, Luca can really play together, right? No, I, I don't. I think, you know, that's like saying Westbrook sitting with the Lakers. This, uh, Luca and Kyrie are both point guards, both have to have the ball in their hand both alpha dogs. So how does that work together? They both seem to play the same position. So, you know, it didn't work last year. It's not going to work this year. So, you know, if I'm in that front office, I'm seeing, can we sign Kyrie and get two good players for him? You know, can we get a, a knockdown shooter? Can, can we get a, a wing defender, two-way player? Can we get a legitimate big? You know, that's what I'm doing. You, you know, I mean, what if we could get 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 rid of him and get Brooke Lopez as an unrestricted free agent? What about we get him with Luca? What happens then? You know, but you know, I I don't see how he fits. He, he's a great player. We know his antics off the court. He's bounced from team to team. There's a reason for that. Um, you know, so you're recruiting LeBron to Dallas. That's never going to happen. What are you going to give the Lakers for LeBron? The tenth pick. You know, <laughs> who is, uh, you know, uh, uh, Grady, Grady, Grady Dick from KU. <laughs> you know, who's uh, uh, Asar Thompson, who's overtime elite, a 19-year-old kid. What? No, the 10th pick is nothing. You know, the 10th pick is random. Hopefully you get something. But, you know, but now, you know, I could see the Dallas signing Kyrie and trading them to the Lakers. But I don't know what they would want from the Lakers, you know, because the Lakers, by the way, have seven free agents, by the way. And, and they have seven free agents. And uh, uh, I think they have a, a couple and somebody else with a player option. Um, you know, Some money tied up in AD and LeBron. Well, and and uh, uh, Russell, right? 
That's Are they still playing for Westbrook? Uh, no, no. Oh, you mean De- D'Angelo Russell? Yeah, D'Angelo Russell. Russell he, that's that's thirty million dollars. So you're yeah. you're looking at about hundred million between those three guys. Now, you know, I hope they don't. I wouldn't think they'd sign D'Angelo Russell because he was a flop. Even though he's only twenty six or twenty seven, still, you know, but he was a flop. I mean, are you going to pay if you lock him up? Now you're talking about hundred million of your hundred thirty five million. You know that's locked up in three players, and you haven't signed uh, Reeves yet. He's a free agent. He's a free agent. I, I think teams like the Lakers and 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 Phoenix are really playing with fire because, well, the Lakers' best player is LeBron, and he's going to be almost forty years old. Uh, uh, Chris Paul is the catalyst for the Suns, and and you know he's going to get hurt, and you still tied to him. I think for two more years. LeBron, LeBron's forty years old and makes fifty million dollars, and nice. CP is is old and broken and he makes forty million dollars. And you're going to pay him for the next two years. I mean, and, yeah. So that ties that ties your 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 hands. Uh, uh, it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting what Vogel does in, in, uh, in Phoenix. I mean, he's got his hands full. <laughs> uh, and that's, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Vogel's hiring in Phoenix because uh, Chris Ramsey uh, uh, wants our thoughts on some of the hirings that uh, took place uh, last week. What was the one that stood out to you, Mo, that you liked? Uh, Adrian. Adrian Griffin with the Bucks. Um, Adrian played for me. Uh, I congratulate him on the text. I'm going to see him this summer. Very, uh, he's got 15 years of experience. He played in the league. He's been assistant coach for a long time. He's level-headed. Um, I think they need a new voice in that organization, but they still have see if they can sign Middleton. Uh, but they, he can change that into, a, he can get them to the finals next year. Uh, Nick Nurse in Philly is scary to me. That means Harden's going to sign a multi-year contract because uh, 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 Nick Nurse was the head coach of the G League team for the Rockets when Daryl Morey was the GM of the Rockets. They know each other. They're friends. And guess who else is friends? Harden. So they're all friends. And I don't think Harden, you know, you, you're going to run it back with that same group. You're going to get the same uh, uh, a final uh, uh, thing that happens and you're not going to get to the final. So, you know, um, uh, I love the hiring of Bonnie Williams in Detroit, even though he's making a zillion dollars. And I just saw that he signed Steven Silas, I think, as one of his assistants. Yeah. Right. Steve is, I was on the road as an advanced scout with Steve years ago. Very knowledgeable, great X and O guy. Uh, Monty Williams is a good X and O guy, not great, but a good personnel guy, good relationship guy. I think they make a dynamic uh, combination there. Um, Frank Vogel and Phoenix, toss up. Um, like to see someone a little more dynamic there. But you know, if you got if you got KD and you got Chris uh, Chris Paul and then you got uh, Booker, you're you're he's you in the same, he's in the yeah. same boat he was with the Lakers. Not much yeah. of a voice and going to get blamed for everything. That's what's going to happen. Watch. He will be fired in a year and a half. Watch. <laughs> hey, this is a great question. Do you think, uh, from David Finkel, do you think that Heat's roster is making a mockery of the NBA draft? 
Well, I've told no, them. I think you think the NBA draft is a mockery anyway. I've, I've said that from the beginning. There's no guarantees in the NBA draft. You're drafting 18, 19, and 20-year-olds. They're just kids. They don't know how to play. I mean, you know, they got talent and wingspan and athleticism, blah, 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 blah. blah. They have played one minute in a professional league. So, you know, it's a crapshoot. I mean, look at the draft this year. When Yambe, the, the 7'4 French kid, uh, 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 yeah, he's going to be a player. But other than that, um, you know, you're talking about Brandon Miller from Alabama. I mean, a nice two-way wing player. Nice. Then you got uh, uh, Scoot Henderson, who I've seen many times, a questionable point guard. And then you have all the rest. So what's the first round of the draft worth? It, you know, I, it's mind-boggling to me that and, and, Luke, you know, and, 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 and the Joker was the forty-first pick. Absolutely. So you know, you got to do your research. You got to do more than just measure people's and their athleticism and their arm span. And you got to go into their psyche. And are they competitive? Do they have high basketball IQ? If we run a lot of dribble handoffs, can they do a dribble handoff? If we run a post up offense, can they do that? You know, are they willing defenders? Are they good teammates? And that's how you find players like Miami did and, and go on down the line. It's like college recruiting. Go look up college recruiting. Go check out the top teams. All they do is they look at the, the the players out there now it's different it's all transfer portal but before they used to look at high school players three four five stars that's what we want we want four and five stars we're going to find the point who's making them five stars anyway who's doing that and then how do you know they fit in with you and how do they know they're real? so you know it, it's lazy to me and the best teams that have success with the draft like miami like the spurs over the years right tony parker Guys like that, you know, are the ones that go deeper into the draft and don't just pick somebody because people are clapping. Right? Oh, great pick, great pick, yes. Hey, I don't, I don't know if you had a chance to scout LeBron before he came into the league, but could you see this coming? Twenty years of outstanding play. Sure. I mean, I didn't, I didn't see him in person. I saw him on video. <clears throat> Look at his size, look at his skill level, look at his competitiveness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it, sometimes you do see guys that, okay, but that is not the case for most NBA draft picks. No, it's a case for 10. I just told you there's, there's one uh, close to guarantee. And there's one that probably can play. And then there's everybody else that, you know, they're 18 and 19 years old. I used to say, you know what, we're drafting these guys for somebody else because by the time they can play, we'll be fired. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why are we picking this 18 year old guy that can't play? He's going to, you know, he's either going to sit on our bench or he's going to go down to the G League and be, you know, play some games and then we're going to bring him up and, you know, we're going to play in five minutes here. And then, you know, that's what the draft now, uh, you know, is the, you know, is the Miami Heat roster making a, a, a mockery of the draft? Maybe to some point, but is the draft just a mockery anyway? Ooh, that's deep right there. Think about that, gentlemen. Think about that. 
Hey, hey, Mo, we're, we're going to get out of here early, uh, a little early tonight, but we will be back. Uh, although, I want to get you on uh, the guy that won the uh, dunk contest, Matt McClone. What's that his name? Is that his last name? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he yeah. won the. Yeah, so he, he played in the. He played in the. He's he's done. Yeah, but he's a better. He's a, he's a good player. I mean, he's solid. Uh, you know, he's athletic. He's kind of like a a jimmer for death without a jump shot, but more athletic. But you know, he played in the G League, put up okay numbers, went up to Utah, I think, and, and played a few games. But you know, he's a uh, he's a project, and you know, that's. You know, that's, you know, I mean, look at, like, <laughs> you're talking about the draft. Austin Reeves was a drafter. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, you know, hell, I was the 42nd pick. 42nd? <laughs> and played 12 years. And I guarantee you there was some lottery picks in that draft. That's oh, I, I've that gone through that. I'm telling you, I bet there's only – Four guys or five that played more years than me, and I and there's a whole handful of drafted before me that played two years at the most, and we're done. <laughs> but but you know what, man? It, it is an exclusive fraternity that you belong to, where the guys play two, three years, because you're talking about the best in the world. Only like uh, five thousand in seventy-five years have played in the NBA. For a year, yeah. So, yeah. hey, hey, uh, guys, we want to thank you. We, 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 we're going to get out of here a little early tonight. Okay, let me, thank make that, let me make that prediction then. Denver wins game three, unless Caleb Martin comes up big and then Miami wins. There you go. And, and what about the uh, Golden Knights? I fool. tell you what, if you guys are, I'm not, I'm not a super hockey fan, but I watch these games. Tell you what, that game last night was physical. Bodies were flying, teeth were flying. Um, you know, I, I think uh, if the Knights can get one, they got to go back. They're going to be playing in Miami. Uh, they're playing the Miami, whatever they are, um, the same day that the Miami Heat are playing. So, um, you know, oh, yeah. I think if they can get if the if the uh, if the Golden Knights can get one game in Miami. Uh, then they'll come back and, and finish it off here in uh, in Vegas, and then we'll have a big party here. Like we don't have big parties everything in Vegas. Come on, Mo, Mo here. You talk about physical hockey. It sounded like it made you a little homesick for the NBA, man. Yeah, I mean, I was talking about to, to Linda last night when we were watching the game. I'm like, you know what? I couldn't play hockey because I'd just be looking for to get shots at people. I'd be in the I'd be in the penalty box the whole time, and the coach would be mad at me because I'm just. I'm just trying to get a good elbow in the Ricky's face. <laughs> I, don't care. I don't care where the I don't care where the puck is. I'm just trying to get it. get one of these shots right there. <laughs> we gotta get out of here. Uh, we we should be back on our regular schedule. I don't know. We we got some change. We could be coming to this hour because uh, you got some stuff going on. We we will uh, just go to our Facebook page. We got next. We'll be filling you in on that. But uh, for the big fella, Paul Mokeski, I'm Rick Hampton. We're going to get out of here. Peace, everybody. See you later.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.